Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on CookieCast it's the football podcast. Before I get into this, I have been asked and prompted by the footballing podcast gentleman to mention that kind of ran out of time and completely forgot to mention the passing of Pele, which has happened in the last week and certainly since we last did a football podcast. I know the boys wanted to do a bit about the passing but time ran out and it uh it got away from us so did want to get that mentioned up front so that we could cover that off um everybody's here we're talking football we're talking a whole host of football games that have passed and a big juicy selection of football games that are to come before we get started please do consider like share subscribe and comment Drop in any reviews you want to drop and share the podcast around. If you've got a football fan in your life, share this podcast with them. They will love it. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Hello, 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 and welcome back. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's a new year, but it's the same old content. Us four have got together again. We're going to bring you some football, some football jibber jabber. Certainly from a Middlesbrough, Hull, and Nottingham Forest perspective. Maybe with a little other stuff sprinkled in for good measure. Certainly when we come to this week's upcoming predictions, I may mention another couple of teams just to just to whet the whistle. But it is the football podcast. I'm not alone. I am joined by my three friends who are going to join me on this journey. One of those has a whole persuasion. Mr. Stuart Woodman, see how are you, sir? Hello. I, I am very croaky, so I will apologise now. You don't sound too croaky, sir. You sound just fine to me. So you, you'll you'll be uh, you'll be listened to with open ears and dare I say, even more open hearts. Aww. We're also joined by the Nottingham Forest persuasion, Mister Moore. How are you, sir? Good. Yeah. Very good. Christmas tree down today. We'll go, we'll go. Oh, I cannot. <laughs> Make that same claim. Oh, boo, boo It's still Two there, just, it down. just, just making the making the house look cluttered. It'll be down shortly. Not tonight. Definitely tomorrow. And rounding out the trio, I believe he's not really a fan of any club. That means he's definitely partially a fan of Middlesbrough, Hull, and Nottingham Forest. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is the content master, the creator. Of the network, it is Mr. Andrew Cook. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you. It means I can slip seamlessly between all three clubs and just blend in like some kind of football chameleon. Not if it's possible to get a press pass for three separate clubs. Oh, but we're going to find Definitely out. But you were going for the third scarf instead of the half and half. Ooh, Def- third mm. scarf. There's another thing that can uh, definitely get in the get t- Yeah. <laughs> so. Obviously, we brought you a podcast last week, but that was recorded ahead of schedule. 
So there was no breakdown of the previous week's games. So to open, we've got a bumper load of games to go through from a results perspective. So saving no time whatsoever, we'll dive right back to, I believe, the 19th or 20th or possibly even 21st of December. It dates this podcast like an absolute mother. Where we had... Oh, I almost got, I almost missed a game there. So, we had Carabao Cup action where Blackburn Rovers took on Nottingham Forest. Um, it's not my team. Don't know why I'm diving into this one. If you can remember that far back, Matt, how did this one go? It's lucky, because I was like, did we talk about this on the last podcast, though, didn't we not? Kind of thing, I thought. I'll just write it down, just in case. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, so, uh, Forrest ran out a 4-1 winners uh, after a, a trip over to the northwest. Um, two goals. Well, Brennan Johnson got it going uh, with a penalty. What's that? Yeah, with a penalty. Um yeah, just, I mean, yeah, just the, the poor, the guy who uh, who gave the penalty away just didn't stand a chance. He kind of stood him up, went by him, and he, yeah, knocked him, knocked, took him down. Then Blackburn equalised through Wharton, who was assisted by his brother, Wharton, as well. Uh, very confusing. Um, then Jesse Lingard scored, deflected goal, ironically, hit both Wharton brothers on the way in. So that was a lovely kind of like joined up kind of situation there. A one-year title, a one-year got a third and Brent Johnson uh, sealed it all up with a fourth right at the end of the game. So yeah, 4-1 win, through to the next round, Wolves at home. Lovely stuff. It's a good thing you'd said Wharton, as I definitely couldn't read my own writing, and I was going to ask, who the hell's Kinnatron from uh, Blackburn? <laughs> Kinnatron, brilliant. Kinnatron, not even close. Not even close. Although I did see Andy's uh, Andy's eyes prick up there, so I'm pretty sure if if Kinnatron does it does exist out there, it ever signs for one of our three teams, we know what shirt he's picking up. <laughs> so one four. Comprehensive win for me, uh, for the Nottingham Forest boys there. Um, Mr Moore, it's his team, but he didn't back the boys. He'd gone for a 2-2 draw in this one. Brewer and Diaz to score twice. Dennis and Surridge to score for Forest. No points there for the result. And also no points from a goal scorer perspective, sadly, for Mr Moore. Myself, Stu and Andy had all predicted differing variations of Forest wins. I had gone for 2-1 with... Brereton to score for Blackburn, Surridge and Dennis to score for Forest. Just a one point for the result there for myself. Um, Stu had gone for a 1-0 Forest win with Johnson to score the goal. Two points there for a result and scorer. Mr Andrew Cook also went for a 0-2. Johnson to score alongside Dennis. So two points there for Mr Cook. We move on to the Boxing Day games, and I believe we have our first person in in person in person person in the uh, in attendance for this one, where it was Hull City taking on Blackpool. How did this yeah. one go, Mister Woodman? See, 
I, I was that person there in person, personally. So, yeah. Um, I'll kick it off by saying it was freezing. <laughs> Absolutely freezing. Um, it, we, we carried on much where we left off in the previous games, i.e. let's pass the ball out from the back and completely naff it all up. So, Hull started well. Looked like they were wanting to get on the front foot a little bit. And decided to start like passing it across midfield, and it's fine when you're that far away from the goal. It works. Let's let's go with that. That was that was all good. Um, somewhat against the run of play, I guess. Blackburn decided to to keep pressing. Uh, our back four can't pass the ball that quick, and effectively just pass the ball straight to Carey. Who smashed it in after 28 minutes? Um, I mean, I, I would urge you, to, if you want to see just how bad it was, go and look it up. It is available on the Hull City Facebook page. Um, if they're not just, if anybody suggests playing out from the back and then not just replaying that sort of minute of footage, like, it, honestly, awful. Um, but Hull, to the credit, didn't actually pack up. And just moments after that, um, the Blackpool keeper pushed uh, header from Esther Pinion onto the bar uh, right in front of us. Um, unfortunately, didn't drop the right way. But Hull were definitely getting a hold on the game, so much so that um, Blackpool actually changed a member of their defence at half-time. So they brought on Thornley. And eight minutes after half-time, he got sent off. So... I didn't realise it when we were there on the day that it was the same guy who um, who who'd just been brought on. Um, I, I kind of I read about that when we got home afterwards, but I, I just thought that was just incredible. Um, so we got to play pretty much the majority of the second half with 11 against 10. They could have panicked. They were very, very patient. Very patient. Um, and finally... In the 77th minute, Esther Pinion gets his big head right onto a cross from Louis Coyle after some um, bit of passing interchange between him and uh, the returning Sire Manesh on the right-hand side. Nodded it square, probably from centre, well, about the penalty spot, that classic kind of straight into the uh, opposite side of the net. So, unfortunately, we couldn't push on from there, however... So it was the second home game in a in a, in a row whereby it finished one one playing against ten men. Disappointing that they couldn't push on and get the win there, but they do pick up the point, which obviously I'm trying to pull away from the relegation zone. Any points welcome from a predictions perspective. Myself, Stu and Andy had all gone for whole wins. Myself and Andy, 1-0 with Estupinian to score. So we do get a point for the goal scorer there. Mr Woodmansey had a 2-1 win where he had Woods, Estupinian and Carey to score. So he managed to get himself two points on that one. However, Mr Moore... He'd opened his eyes, he'd opened his crystal ball, he'd seen a 1-1 draw 
two points right there. He'd also seen an Estupinian goal. It's another point, Mr. Moore. He had, however, predicted Medine to score for Blackpool, so just gets the three points for that one. We continue on Boxing Day, where we travel up to Teesside, where Middlesbrough took on Wigan Athletic. Now, this one was you know, rampant from, uh, from, the, uh, from the opening whistle. Uh, Middlesbrough were fully in control at all points of this game. Marcus Force opened the score in the first half. Um, Tubrak Pon added a second. I believe he then added a third. And they, uh, they slightly let the door open uh, where Thilo A's guard managed to uh, slot one in for Wigan. But just when the uh, when the Wigan boys thought they might be getting something back into the game, Tuba pops up, finishes for the hat-trick, takes on the match ball. What a lovely, belated Christmas gift for him. So, predictions-wise, we'd all predicted a Middlesbrough win. Lovely stuff. I had gone 3-0 with Akpom to score twice and forced to get one. That is four points right there. Stewart picked 3-1 to Borough, so was very disappointed when Tuba scored that hat-trick. He had, however, cushioned it by picking Akpom to score twice, so gets himself three points there. Mr Moore had gone for a 2-1 win and had picked Akpom and Fors to score, so gets himself three points there. Mr Cook had gone for a 1-0 win with Akpom to score the goal, so gets himself two points. Plenty of points on offer in that particular game. We move to the day after Boxing Day, as, you know, those those pesky schedulers have to do it, don't they? They can't let all the teams play on Boxing Day, because... You know, how would, how would Sky pay their bills if uh, people weren't paying for their TV? And it wasn't even on Sky. I was going to say, big fine Jeffrey was uh, dabbling in this one. Jeffrey and his Bezos counters. Uh, what, a, what a little slug. Yes, Manchester United versus Nottingham Forest. How did this one go, Mr Moore? Well, as we were, dri- we were driving back to Newcastle, before the game started, we got back just in time for the game to start, but we drove through the biblical rain that was washing its way through the northwest there on on Tuesday, I want to say. Yes. <laughs> on the Tuesday, yeah. So yeah, it, I think kind of when, when we get when we go to the predictions, we'll, we'll kind of kind of acknowledge it. Pretty much went as expected, really. Uh, a three-nil Man United win. Uh, Rashford got a a good first. I'm trying to remember now, it's that long ago. The first, yeah, his goal was good. Flat, sloppy. Ah, oh, there's a corner. Bit of kind of sloppy defending, but kind of a well-worked corner. Uh, Martial got second. It was a well-worked attack, but the key goalkeeper was poor. I think like we really showed how much we missed Henderson um, with Hennessy in goal. Um, and then Fred. I mean, I must have obviously blanked this out of my mind that Fred had scored the third goal because I was like, what? When I, when I, when I looked it up, I went, yes. So Fred got, uh, Fred got a third late on just to kind of finish the match off. 
know she's a bit of a, a bit of a punching bag at the moment, punditry wise. But Enya Luko was on um, the Prime coverage, and all she proceeded to do was repeat the same thing over and over again, and generally repeat the thing that the person before her had said. And again, it forest for poor. I, I, I don't know where I wear it with Garibaldi tinted glasses. I didn't think we were that bad. You know, I thought, you know, Man United, Man United were good, but I didn't think we got completely overrun by them. We had a few chances here and there, but it wasn't as bad as that. You know, I think everyone's kind of thinking, seeing it, seeing the Forest games against these really good sides that are beating better sides than Forest, and still seeing the Man City game and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, a 3-0 win, um, a 3-0 win, a 3-0 loss. A 3-0 win for Man United, a 3-0 loss for Forest. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of expected. But yeah, Merry Christmas. Here's Man United to play first game back. So, yeah, not not ideal. Um, I suppose to cushion the blow. Well, no, I can't say that. At least it wasn't four. At least it wasn't four. Mister Cook had gone optimistically for a one nil Nottingham Forest win. Sadly, no points there for Mister Cook. To cushion the blow for us three, though, we had all picked Manchester United wins. So we do get a point for the result. Myself and Stu had picked 2-0 to Man United. We'd both picked Rashford to score. I'd also gone for Anthony and Stu had gone for Casemiro. So we both get an extra point there. So two points for myself, two points for Stu. Mr Moore had gone for a 3-1. So if he just backed his team just that little bit less... <laughs> two points here. He did, however, pick Rashford to score, Anthony and Fernandez as well. So gets himself two points, which takes us to the end of what would have been week nineteen. So total points for week nineteen. Andrew managed to get five points from four games. Very well done, sir. Myself and Mr. Moore eight points from four games, but storming in to take the win. Mr. Stuart Woodmansey, nine points from those four games. Well done to you, sir. I was a little worried as them points were rolling in. I was thinking, they're catching up, they're catching up. <laughs> so we move to week 20 and we start with a second trip of the week to Blackburn Rovers. This one for a Championship League fixture and it was Blackburn versus Middlesbrough. This one started off very strange where Blackburn took the lead in the first half through Hedges and on the coverage, I, along with, I can only presume, every single other Middlesbrough fan in the country or even indeed around the world, could not believe that Hedges had broken the offside trap as he looked to be at least 10 to 15 yards offside when he was cleaned through. Alas, the flag didn't come. He, uh, he managed to compose himself and stick it past the Zach Stefan in the goal. Goal stands. No issues. Um, I thought Marcus Force had had a particularly bad first half. So in my Middlesbrough group supporters chat, I was uh, very uh, cutting in my arguments and said that he should be removed at half-time and replaced immediately. So what does he do? 30 seconds into the half, he goes and scores. Good lad. Well done. Calling me a prick? You're absolutely welcome to, sir. If you're going to keep doing that, you can call me a prick all you want. Like. 
So, Marcus Morse gets the equaliser. There then comes a very odd turn of events where Riley McGree goes past the guy. Um, I can't remember who the guy was that got sent off. Oh, no. Bear with me. My, uh, Riley McGree goes past the, the Blackburn the Blackburn lad and just happens to give him a little dig in the ribs or in the back. Um, John Buckley is the, is the guy's name. Um, just gives him a little sly dig in the ribs. To which Mr. Uh, Mr. Buckley decides to throw the ball at the back of Riley McGree's head. The um, the linesman, obviously, or the referee's assistant, sorry, flags for this, gets the ref over, and uh, yeah, he's he's sent off for that little uh, show of uh, petulance, which was incredibly harsh. For my liking, to be honest with you, but if if it had happened to the Borough, you'd have been absolutely horrified. The your player was sent off for such an infraction, but. Yeah, but this, that's, that's the rules, Paul. That, like, these guys are professional sports people. They're there to set the example and not to just be a massive prick on national TV. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's why he got sent off. This is the thing. Like, obviously, like, you'd argue, from a Blackburn perspective, you're arguing, well, if he's getting if he's getting sent off for the throwing the ball, why has no one seen the little sort of like elbow in the back that McGree's done on him to sort of like set him off in the first place? <laughs> That's what they call the dark arts, though, isn't it? He's he's gonna go if he's gonna he's gonna know that brushing past him and sticking his elbow slightly in is not gonna get picked up that easily by people who are what 10, 15 feet away. No, actively no. just taking a ball that is a bright colour in itself and throwing it at somebody's head when they aren't looking as well. Like, yeah, not the uh, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, shall we say? No, and it's exactly. a good thing that Mr. McGree didn't get sent off as he popped up later in the second half and uh, smashed it home for the winner. And what a lovely goal it was as well. We'll play a little clipped ball over to the right-hand side. Force nods it back straight into McGree's path where he just basically passes it straight into the top right-hand corner. Lovely finish. And that's how it finished. So, 1-2. Another three points for the Borough. Um, I had gone for a optimistic 1-1 draw, as we don't usually do that well against Blackburn, um, with Dak to score for Blackburn and Jones to score for Middlesbrough. So no points for myself there. Stu and Matt had both gone for Blackburn wins. Stu had gone for a 1-0 win with Gallagher scoring the goal. Uh, Matt had gone for Brereton, Diaz and Dolan to score for Blackburn and Crooks to score for the Borough. Mr Cook, though, ever the optimist, comes steaming in with the 2-0 Middlesbrough win, one point. He'd also picked fours to score a goal. It's another point right there. So starting the week off with two points, Mr. Cook. We told you this was a bumper one, ladies and gentlemen. We move to the West Midlands, where Birmingham City took on Hull City. I believe this was a Friday evening fixture. How did it go, Mr. Woodmanson? Um yeah, it was it was a Friday evening fixture. Um for the second straight game Oscar Estepinian scored in the 77th minute, which is bizarre. Um, Matt Ingram only had one save to make all game. Um, again, Hull were, were, were actually, it had been reported that they were dominant but patient, which um, I'm sure will satisfy certain kinks. Um, there was a, a Longman goal, unfortunately for Andy probably, disallowed for offside in the 68th minute. Um, he had a header at the back post but as he'd like stooped to get the ball it was his head that put him offside um, 
So fortunately, it did it did remain one nil, but a very 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 important three points away from home. Very important, absolutely. As we'd said, with the point they took at home to Blackpool, any point they can get at this particular point will will take them further away from the relegation zone. So, absolutely crucial that they can get those uh, those 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 points on the board. None of us were optimistic here. The whole fan being the least optimistic of all of us with a 2-0 Birmingham City win predicted. No points there. I had gone for a 2-2 draw with Deeney and Hannibal to score for Birmingham. Two fan and Woods to score for Hull. Mr Moore and Mr Cook had both gone for 1-1 draws. Matt with Hogan and two fan. Andy with Yukovic and Longman. No points for anyone in that game. We move to the first game of 2023. Yeah, yeah, it was. Where Nottingham Forest took on Chelsea. And uh, I believe you're uh, not too disheartened with this one, Mr Moore. No, I think, like, looking at the kind of up-and-coming fixtures, well, like the three last, I think the three league fixtures that we had coming back from the World Cup, or had coming back from the World Cup, we kind of looked at them and thought, oh, not a great way to kind of come back, kind of you know, Man United, uh, you know, Man United, Chelsea, and spoiler alert for the predictions, Southampton tomorrow. Um, you kind of think, right, okay, we've got two games where just survive it, don't lose any confidence. If we get beaten both of them, fine, were you expecting anything? No, all eyes kind of looking towards Southampton tomorrow. Uh, to date the podcast. Uh, but, um, no, Forrest managed to get a one-all draw against Chelsea. Um, and kind of, having not watched the full match live, but watching the highlights and the punditry that goes with it, absolutely, you know, the, I think the first half, Forrest were quite passive and kind of gave Chelsea a lot of the ball, but kind of, in the second half, kind of gave them a really good kind of Perhaps the more dominant team kind of thing. Um, I think a lot of people kind of went in hard on Chelsea, like the lack of aggression, lack of kind of thing. But um, that being said, so Chelsea took the lead by a, a bizarre goal. Really, it was like one of those like really unlucky goals that you kind of see and you think that yeah, that's the kind of goal that relegated teams concede. You know, it just clips off. Ah, God, a bully. Um, Possibly the Chelsea player clips the clips the um, crossbar. Any other time, it just would have kind of gone. You know, any more, any more of the crossbar, it would have hit, and it would have just gone out of play. But no, drops perfectly for Surridge to just um, whack it in the back of the net. Oh, sorry, Sterling, Raheem Sterling. Sorry, I got the wrong card. Right, Raheem Sterling to whack into the back of the net. Yeah, just one of those ones you think, damn. Uh, and at that point, I was like, yeah, I think I'd kind of message you guys saying, just, you know, Forrest need to just go for it now. Just sort of, you know, the, the the goal difference thing is kind of out the window, um, as it were. But, you know, uh, uh, with their display, it kind of carried on. Um, and um, in, in the second half, Serge Aurier, got a, a very nice equaliser, kind of took it down on his chest and smacked it in the back of the net after Bowley 
borderline assaulted Pulisic. I'm not quite sure how he got away with that with VAR, but I was like, oh, that, that he's got, got away with one, uh, I would say. But yeah, yeah, Forrest had some really good chances. A one you looked really kind of threatening as well. Uh, that front three with Morgan Gibbs right, uh, Morgan Gibbs White, um, yeah, all looked quite threatening. So yeah, good, happy. Bonus point. Absolutely, and definitely uh, in the grand scheme of things, a point that you would imagine was uh, not budgeted by the no. team. Uh, when you consider the, uh, the quality of opposition they were playing against. As a neutral, it was a fun game to watch as well. That. Yeah, were, it was. It was Scar very absolutely raving about a one year because he was causing them bother all night. He was very good. I, I, I'd say it was probably, apart from the games he scored, and comfortably his best performance in a Forest shirt, he was, he was running them ragged pretty much all game. He was... His, his strength was there for everyone to see and so far. He was just... He, he just... He just looks like an absolute unit, doesn't he? So. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, just a big unit. He's like a, he's an upgrade on the Keenan Davis, um, like the, the front man that we played last year yeah. um, to get us promoted. He's an upgrade on that. I just think it's taken him a little while to settle in. You know, yeah. but when you when your team's getting absolutely dicked on, then. <laughs> It takes you a little bit longer to settle in as well, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. Absolutely agree. Uh, from a predictions perspective, uh, neither myself, Stu or Matt gave uh, Forrest a hope and hell's chance on this one, as we'd all gone for uh, varying degrees of Chelsea win. I'd gone 2-1, as had Matt. Uh, I had a one need to score, as did Matt. I also had Havertz and Mount to score for Chelsea. Uh, Matt had Havertz and Sterling to score for Chelsea, so gets himself a point, even though he got the result incorrect. Uh, Stewart gone one three, Lingard to score for Forest, Mount Pulisic and Havertz to score for Chelsea. No points there. Mister Cook, take a bow, sir. One one draw predicted. Oh. Two points there. Sadly, didn't predict either of the goal scorers with Johnson and Aubameyang predicted. So gets himself two points. Um. We have got the Birmingham City Middlesbrough game and Wigan Athletic Hull games to go from week 20. But before we go on to those, we are just going to take a small break just so I can compose myself to break down all of the shenanigans that happened in St Andrews. Obviously, it's our second trip there of the week. So I feel like I need to you know, just wipe myself down because no one likes sloppy seconds. Join us again. In a small moment. Recording in progress. Thank you for joining us again, ladies and gentlemen. That, that's that short break that definitely didn't take, you know, longer than we first thought due to some undisclosed technical difficulties. So, we left off with Birmingham City versus Middlesbrough that definitely didn't take place yesterday to date this podcast at all. Um, another game where Middlesbrough were fairly in control from start to finish, to be honest with you. A fairly nondescript first half. Nothing really happened. No chances of no. I think Middlesbrough might have been bar or something in the first game. They didn't really go back to the game that much on the Sky coverage, so can't really give too much uh, information about it. But in the second half, it all... Uh, 
it all started from a uh, a Matt Crooks opener. Um, he then added a second when uh, George Friend obviously forgot that he left Middlesbrough two seasons ago and decided to miscontrol the ball straight into Crooks's path to let him just gallop on through and uh, slot it past the Birmingham City goalkeeper. Uh, slightly nervous moments when Tahith Chong managed to uh, get a goal back for Birmingham, but then just to uh, add the ice into the top of the cake and just make the game safe. Everyone's favourite top goal scorer in the Championship popped up to get his 13th of the season uh, and move himself clear at the top of the uh, the goal-scoring charts. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Tubes bagged the third for the Borough for a 3-1 Middlesbrough win. Um, Mr Moore went for a 2-2 draw on this one. Hogan and Deeney to score for Birmingham. Watmore and Crooks to score for the Borough. So does bag himself a point for that. Myself, Stu and Andy had all gone for varying degrees of Middlesbrough win. Andy had gone for a 1-0 with Watmore to score the goal. Just the one point for the result there. Stu had gone for 0-2 with Watmore and Akpon to score. So gets himself two points. I had gone 2-1 to the Borough with D score for Birmingham, Giles and Crooks to score for the Borough. Two points for me as well. We finish with Hull City's trip to Wigan Athletic. Now, going off Middlesbrough's games against Wigan Athletic this season, they've both finished 4-1 to the, to, uh, to the Borough. Were Hull able to... Uh, follow on that trend and get that score themselves, Mr Woodlancy? Yes. Yes. Nah. In all seriousness, this is actually the third time in seven days that Wigan have lost 4-1. Um, and the other team to do it was Sunderland. So, um, yeah, not not fun to be uh, pie-eater from the northwest right now. Is the uh, But yeah, so 15 minutes... Corner comes in, they Wigan failed to clear their lines. Ball falls nicely to Jacob Greaves, uh, who finished it like a striker, to be fair. Um, very, 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 very um, composed for, for a defender. And uh, placed it into the net to give us a 1-0 lead. And then because a hull a hull... Um, had to let Wigan back into the game, but not until the 63rd minute. And then Estepinian scored again. Does anybody want to guess the minute based on last time round? Oh, no way. 70, 77? Well, it was one minute out this time. It was 78, so it was very close. Yeah. But that seems to be his time. If, if he's going to score around that time of the game... But that's now three goals in three games within a 60-second time bracket, which is just insane. Um, it was a horrendously scuffed shot that bobbled in off of the outstretched leg of a defender, but was on its way in already, so they, they, they credit him with the goal. So three and three games for the uh, for Hull's top scorer. He's, he's, he's coming after James. Um, and then the rest of the game really was just Hull doing to another team what other teams have consistently done to us this season and that was just punishing a slow back line um, Sky actually noted on their match report 
that it was as if Hull were playing an exhibition match during periods of this, which I don't really think there can be much higher praise for that that team at the moment. To be honest, they've they've uh, gone into Christmas period needing to put some distance between themselves and the bottom three and managed to take seven points out of a possible nine um, and have moved themselves up to 16th in the table. So, you know, a long way to go still, but um, it's nice to be at this moment in time looking up rather than constantly looking over our shoulders, as regular listeners of the podcast will certainly attest to uh, me saying in the last few weeks. So, it, it feels like a much more, I don't know if it's this whole new year, new start rubbish or or what, but it feels like much more of a positive podcast this time around. So we'll, uh, we'll, we shall take many more of these. Thank you very much. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. 4-1. Tyler Smith scored uh, both of their goals. I don't know if I actually got to that point. Yeah, I think I think you may have, you, you may have mentioned it on the scorer. Um, yeah. Four one, not obviously not the time to be a Wigan supporter. Um, we are there all gone. Where? Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, people in glass houses, mate. I'm pretty sure there was a time a couple of seasons ago where they were putting eight past you. I, I would like to. Say, I knew that would come up because that always has to come up with you. But since that game, I think the like collective ag- aggregate is something like thirteen one. So I think we're good now. Since now. <laughs> I did see that um, a guy that I follow on Twitter had um, posted the eight nil and then the um, the the five one or whatever it was and the four one or the five nil and the four one or something like that and then another game where it was where it was quite um, a hefty story and then just the uh, the Michael uh, Michael Jordan and to me I took that personally. <laughs> Actually, just before we just just before we move on from that, just another one for the statisticians amongst you. That's now seven away games unbeaten for Hull as well, which is pretty good. Keep again more of the same. Thank you very much. Keep the momentum going. Keep the momentum going. That's what it's all about. So we'd all gone for varying different degrees of Hull City win. So that's a point for each of us. I'd gone for a one 0 as had Mister uh, Mister Cook. Sadly, I went for Longman. Whereas he went for Estepinian. So he gets himself two points. Uh, Stuart and Matt had both gone for two one wins for Hull. Um, Stuart gone for McLean to score for, uh, for Wigan. Two Fant and Longman to score for Hull. No extra points there. Matt had gone for Keane to score for Wigan. Longman and Estepinian to score for Hull. So he gets himself two extra points. So, end of week 20. The results look like this. Myself and Stu finished the week with three points from five games. Very poor showing from us there. Mr Moore, four points from five games, but taking the win with seven points from the five games is Mr Andrew Cook. Well played, sir. Week Week 21 brings with it five games and for one of our teams it's five it's three games in three different competitions we open with nottingham forest away at southampton in the premier league to mr moore's team i'll just jump in first as i've got my prediction right here ready and waiting in the book i've gone for a 2-1 
Forest away win. Adams to score for Southampton. Johnson and Awonyi to score for Forest. Mr. Cook, what have you got for this one? Oh, I've got it written down on everything. Southampton Forest. It looks a lot like New Year. Same scorecast. It's 1 0 to Forest. Say it with me, boys. Johnson to score. I thank you. Mr. Woodmansey? Um, I feel like I have to explain this one, and I haven't put you down to lose, Matt, first and foremost. Um, but I have gone for a nil-nil, and it's purely because, I can't remember if it was the Chelsea or the Man United game over the festive city period, how many times did they have to tell us how many goals that Forrest hadn't scored away from home, right? So, South, I've had a look at the form. Southampton are pretty bad at home. Forrest haven't scored many away, so that, that's, that's where the nil-nil came from. But hopefully keep the points coming your way at least. Go on, Mr Moore. Tell us how you think it's going to go. I've gone up to I've gone optimistic, but not that optimistic. I've gone two all draw. We're going to break that, you know. We're going to treble our our away goals kind of thing. Um, so I've got two all draw. Um, Forest seems to have a sticking point with Nathan Jones, so I don't know whether he can whether I know. <clears throat> but when he was at Stoke, he used to when he was first at Luton, we used to lose to them um, or draw with them. When he was at Stoke, the same happened. And then when he went back to Luton, the same happened again. Uh, so that's in my mind. So I've gone for Adams and Ward-Prowse. If you're an England player that's struggling for form, generally we'll come and help you out with that. Um, and then I've gone Gibbs-White and a one-year for Forrest. Gibbs-White and a one-year. There you go. It's FA Cup weekend, ladies and gentlemen. So that means all of our teams are involved. And we stay with Nottingham Forest as they are the first team of alphabetically as they travel to the seaside to take on Blackpool. Mr. Mr. Moore's team, therefore, he will go last once again. Uh, let's see what Stu thinks this one will be. Um, I, I've gone for a 2-0 Forest win. Mm-hmm. I think that they'll they'll clearly switch the team up because of the amount of games that have come in. Um, expect Surridge to play a bit more in this one, so I've gone for Surridge to score and just to cover my own back in case he doesn't switch the team up. But I've also gone for Johnson, and it would be this time, ladies and gentlemen, that my pen decides to die. That's perfect. So. Talk amongst yourselves for a couple of moments, lads. Why don't you go and find a new pen? If you can't find a new pen... If you can't find a new pen... I've got one on the table over there. It was Duter. Every other game from now on has to be 1-0 Esther Pinion, 2-0 Akpom. That's it. Just so we know what the score was. I love the way that Paul says... It's FA Cup weekend, everybody. Like, he knows what's coming. Like, we only get one of these once a season. So 
other than the one we got to the final, I'll just throw that out there. I can't really remember having a decent run in my lifetime. Really. Listen, we're talking about a competition there. During our lifetimes, every single one of our teams has made it to the final. So, there you go. that is not something to be sniffed at, my friend. I mean, mine was literally at the start of my Forest supporting um, journey, as it were. I went to the semi-final. Um, well, like mine, mine came when I was a, a sprightly 11 years old and, of course, was ruined within 46 seconds. So, thanks for that, Roberto Di Matei, you absolute ball bag. Um, my, my first City away game was an FA Cup game against Aston Villa in the third round at Villa Park. Get beat? Yep, 3 0. Of course it is. Uh, Mr. Cook. What have you got for this one? So, you know what Stu predicted? Yeah. Um, swap out Surridge for uh, Dennis and uh, and you've got my prediction. So, 0-2? Nil 0-2, two. Nil two, Johnson and Dennis to score. Interesting. Um, so, you know Stu picked Surridge and you picked Dennis? I remember it. Yeah, so if you just sort of combine those two, then that'll be mine. So two nil Forest, Surridge and Dennis. Go on, Matt. Give us the give us the completed four set of nil twos. I mean, it, by by all of your predictions, you predicted two players who are with rumoured to be out of the club by the end of January. Um, but don't worry, I've also predicted one of them as well. Uh, I've gone for a one. To Blackpool, three to Forest. Same goal difference. Yeah, knocked out. So your goal scorer uh, for Blackpool, Medine. Yes. And then I've got Surridge, Johnson, and just so they're not burning Forest shirts on the streets of Brazil, Gustavo Scarpa. I like it. Scarpa's first mentioned since he's joined the club. Uh, the next of our three FA Cup games takes us to Humberside, where Hull City take on Fulham. Mr. Mm. Humberside's team, he will go last. I've gone for a 1-3. Fulham 3-1 win on this one. Got Smith to continue where he left off against um, Wigan to score for Hull. And I've got Deckard over Reed. Reed and Mitrovic to score for Fulham. Uh, Mr. Moore, what have you got? I've gone for a 2 1 Fulham win. Yeah. I've gone Syed Manesh. Now, he came off injured. Ah. He did. Is there any update? Not that I've seen, but they will be monitoring him closely because it was the same, I think it was the same leg that he'd had the surgery on his. Hammy. Who's your guy that they signed from Fulham? In midfield. What's his name? I, I mean, I, I could Terry. tell you, or you could just wait until my prediction, you mother. Well, I'll just wait down. <laughs> What's his name? Jean, Jean, Jean Michael Serry. Serry, ah, there you go. So I'll take him, Serry, Mitrovic, and 
De Cordova Reed. Mr. Cook? Stu already called out my prediction. I felt it was a little bit like, what's happening there? Uh, Hull 1 0. Estepinian to score, please. Mm -hmm. Go on then, Mr. Woodman, see what, what's the damage going to be. Man, I, I always find that there's always some really weird goal scorers in the third round of the FA Cup. So that was my actual idea for picking Seri. Not because of the old boy thing. Um, so I've gone for Hull 1, Fulham 2. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be. I've, I've gone for Seri as my official one, but it'll be like. Another like Tyler Smith to carry on because he's not really that meant to be in the team, and oh, there'll be some be some odd goal scorer. Um, but for Fulham, I've gone for William and Dan James. Oh God! Told you, weird goal scorers. Let, let's just let's just say this: if you do have Dan James score against you. You've done something terribly, terribly wrong because that guy cannot play football to save his life. He is fast. There is nothing else to his game. See, see former podcasts. Is, uh... Next up, our final FA Cup game of the weekend sees Middlesbrough take on Brighton and Hove Albion. My team, so I will go last. Uh, Mr. Cook, what have you got for this one? 2-0. To the borough. Interesting. Obviously. Yeah. Fours and Tuba. Uh, Mr. Stew. So, if you're listening along and not watching on YouTube, I can confirm that the entirety of the podcast is seated. And if you are currently not seated, I would encourage you to do the same. Not because I've predicted a 1-0 Borough win, but because I have put fours down for the goal. And I'm telling you, weird goal scorers third round of the FA Cup. Yeah, you can't say that because he's scored in the last couple of games. Yeah, I mean, accidents happen, Paul. <laughs> you should get over it, man. You should get over it. The only, thing that, the, the, only, the only thing getting over was that shot that he last took in the, in the MK Stadium still coming down somewhere. Mr. Moore? I've gone for a 2-1 Brighton win. They seem to have found their goal scoring. Mm. Yeah, Isn't that the truth? Um, I've gone for Akpom for Borough and then Trossard and Gross for Brighton. I've given him his full German-style spelling of G-R-O-S-Z. I've also written it like that in my book. Grob, with a little P. Uh, I have gone for a 1-1 draw in this one. But it's a good test for the Borough. Piece of premiership side. Play like, some nice, expansive football. Um, I've gone for Hoppy to get a go, because I think he might give some of the uh, fringe players a game. And I'm going for Sarmiento to go for Brighton. That is the last of the FA Cup games. There is, however, a Carabao Cup game 
for Nottingham Forest next week, which I believe is a quarter-final. So our last game of the week sees Nottingham Forest taking on Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, Mr. Mr. Moore's team, so he will go last. I have gone for a 2-1 Forest win and a progression to the semi-finals of the competition. Gone for Gibbs, White and Lingard to score for Forest and Pedence to score for Wolves. I, I don't think Lingard will be fit. I think he's out for a month. Oh. In that case, Jesse, you're off the list, boy. Gibbs White too. Mr Cook. I like what you've done there. It's 1-0 to the Forest, obviously. Uh, but I've also gone with Gibbs White to score the goal for this one. Stu looks well like happy. Mr. Wobbensey? I have gone for 1-1. And I have gone also for Gibbs White, as you may have been able to tell by my reaction. And everybody's favourite shithouse that plays for Wolves. Diego Costa. Awesome. Go on, Mr. Moore. I've gone for a 2-1 Wolves win. They've just kind of rounded into form with the new manager and mm. that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously Forest have already lost to them once this year. So I've gone for Johnson to score for Forest and Neves and Pedant. Pedence? Pedence? Neves. Pudence. Just going back to Stu's prediction, 1-1 one, one would mean extra time slash penalties. I'm not playing for extra points, though, am I? So, um, yeah. It's always fun to watch when it's not your team, but I always feel a little bit aggrieved when it's one of your teams now. So I don't want to see penalties. So, I don't know. Say for say Forrest after, after extra time, just for... Uh... Well, it goes straight to penalties. <sighs> yeah, it goes straight to penalties, yeah. Uh, Okay, well then, I'm really sorry, but I'll stick with my one-one, and I'm not picking a winner from penalties because okay, I'm crap of the lottery. So there you go. That brings us to the end of our predictions, ladies and gentlemen, which is actually quite handy because I don't have any space left in my book. There, see, but one page left. There's got to be a new book from next week. So say goodbye to the quickly Kevin Knight's football show. But next week it will be a delicious new one filled with delicious nonsense. Um, yeah, there's nothing else really there to sort of cover. Uh, the, other th- the other thing was the fact that obviously I'd say that because it was FA Cup weekend, there might be a little bit more of a flavour. Hartlepool United are still in the competition. As we said in a podcast a number of weeks ago, they have been drawn against a, 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 a sort of another member of the podcast's team in a kind of roundabout way. Uh, they've been drawn at home against Stoke City, which obviously Mr. Moore does not start support Stoke, but he's from there. So, you know, it still counts. Who doesn't? Of course it does. <laughs> Matt's currently getting in the car to drive down to York to smash your windows. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to say Vale, fine, crew, maybe, but you know Stoke's like. <laughs> Yeah, it's where I'm from. Well, 
but I have nothing to do with that sodding club. (laughs) So, yes, this is a repeat of a FA Cup tie from about 12 or 13 years ago, uh, in which Hartlepool United actually won 2-0 when Stoke were a Premier League side. So, fingers crossed, we get another repeat of that performance, and Pools managed to get themselves into the uh, fourth round draw hat. But, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I have for this particular week, unless these gentlemen have got anything else they'd like to bring to the table. Um, just to, to keep an eye out over the next few weeks, because now that we have moved into the new year, transfer window time. Ah, uh, yes. Nothing, yeah, nothing concrete happened yet. Your wish football. list next week. Has anybody got enough spare change for Ronaldo just to pop down to... Oh, no, wait a minute. No, no, we haven't. No. Um, and, uh, th- there's nothing concrete for Hull yet. It's very early, but obviously the, the, the local press like to uh, pretend they know about all the irons in the fire and then we'll find out that they've signed somebody completely different. Um, I was waiting for me mentioning the transfer window for Paul to ask Matt how... Yeah. Forest players that have been signed already, <laughs> but um, after we no, signed no. six, I can't talk. No, no, I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> but yes, so thank you once again to these lovely gentlemen for joining me to go through their teams as well as my, as well as my team. Uh, so, yeah, there's another, another week done and dusted in the books. Welcome to 2023. May it be a season filled with hope, joy and wonderment. But yes, for another week, thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back next week to break down those cup games and that league game from a Forest perspective, certainly. But yes, until then, just keep yourselves well and... Uh, We'll see you next week. So there we go. What do you think to that? Another one done. A big boatload of games gone and a big boatload of games to come. Like I said at the opening, I know the guys did want to do a part, a section about uh, Pele's passing. Um, It potentially will be brought up next week. um, So there's possibly going to be that. But like I say, um, obviously... We here at CookieCast wanted to uh, shine a light on the passing of a football legend. Great. Um, Thanks for joining us for this one. Uh, Please tune in again for more football podcasts. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop reviews. Check out the website, cookiecast.com. Find social media links and an email button there for you to get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye. And I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.